Welcome to Sunday Night Dinner, a podcast that cooks. I'm Suzanne Hancock. For me, a comfort food, it almost starts with the act of, of making it. So, you know, kneading bread or even just mm, shaping, you know, shaping loaves or buns, that is so relaxing for me. And often when I'm very stressed, I will make a pie. I know it, you shouldn't, you know, bake when you're stressed necessarily. They say that the pie crust can feel the tension. It's an old wives' tale, but it kind of makes sense, I think. And, you know, just pasta, even even this dish, I find lasagna is, uh, you know, it's so po- it's popular for a reason. It's, it's a wonderful, comforting, casserole-type dish that, you know, kind of hits all the right notes. I am M.A. Wimbush-Bork from Montreal, and I'm an author, I'm a food creative, I'm a mother, and my latest book is The Simple Bites Kitchen, Nourishing Whole Food Recipes for Every Day. And I hope that uh, this book inspires people to get in the kitchen more and to open their home as well. Some of Aimee's earliest food memories are from her childhood spent in the Yukon, a sparsely populated territory in northwestern Canada and home to Canada's highest peak, Mount Logan. And much of what she learned there about cooking and family life she's brought to her home just outside Montreal. Emma came to my house in the middle of a book tour promoting her latest cookbook, and she was itching to get into a kitchen. It had been a few days, and normally the kitchen is where she spends the bulk of her time. Cooking really is her comfort. She's a trained chef turned modern homesteader who gave up the restaurant life once she had her three kids. Now she writes about food and chronicles her family's adventures on her award-winning blog, simplebites.net. The dish that M.A. made for us is all about comfort. And like she said, comfort can come from feeling things in your hands as much as putting them in a pot. Before she created the colorful lasagna-stuffed peppers, she made the ricotta that's part of the stuffing. In her first cookbook, Brown Eggs and Jam Jars, she has a whole chapter on Sunday night dinner. Her love of the meal started when she was a kid, and her family was invited over to a friend's home to share the last meal of the weekend. Well, I'll let her tell the story. We didn't get invited out a lot. We were a big family. We had four kids, and, and I remember sitting around their massive, their massive table, and it, to me, I was probably, I don't know, five or six of the time, the table seemed like heaped with food. I remember soft rolls and peas and fluffy mashed potatoes and, you know, someone carving a, a roast. And um, to me, that is sort of the epitome of a, of a Sunday dinner where you're sharing it. The dish M.A. made is one that's easy to share and fun to make. And like I mentioned earlier, she even made the ricotta, which might sound difficult, but turns out to be a cinch. Grab your ingredients. They're on the website at sundaynightdinnerpodcast.com if you're cooking along. Or relax and come sit in the kitchen while M.A. makes dinner. We're doing lasagna stuffed sweet peppers, which again, very pretty dish, you know, if you're entertaining for your Sunday night supper. Um, But it evokes a lot of that comforts of lasagna but it's also very vegetable forward with the spinach, tomato sauce, and of course those luscious bell peppers. We're gonna start with a ricotta recipe, something that evokes a lot of memories for me because my mom always made ricotta for us. So we're gonna start with four cups of milk, 2%, 2% is great. Get that in the pot. You don't wanna rush ricotta, uh, 
you have to bring it up to temperature very, very slowly. So we're adding about a cup of buttermilk. And this is really what sort of helps make the reaction that it will curdle when it comes up to temperature. And then a cup of half and half or 10% cream. And this just, I mean, you gotta have a nice creamy ricotta. All right, so this is on. It's gonna come up to temperature nice and slow. And oh, put a pinch of salt as well. And that is it. Not, not hard, is it? So not hard, in fact, you don't even have to stir it. It'll take about 15 minutes over medium-high heat, just below boiling point, for the liquids to separate and curds to form. While we were waiting, M.A. got a sieve and put it in a bowl and then lined the sieve with a clean tea towel. I didn't have cheesecloth, but if you have cheesecloth, you can use that to strain the ricotta through. The byproduct of this exercise is whey, curds and whey. And the science behind it is kind of cool. The pH of the milk solution dropped because of the acid in the buttermilk and because we heated it. The protein molecules, which normally repel each other, attract each other and form the curds, and the liquid that's left over is the whey. Yeah, so the whey, I mean, don't throw it out. Do not strain that stuff down the sink okay. because, um, you know, you're not going to drink it straight up, but it's, it's an easy replacement for milk and uh, pancakes, buttermilk. Um, I even put it in bread if I'm baking, just sort of a, like a daily whole wheat loaf. You can use um, whey instead of milk. M.A. left the ricotta in the making on the stove and kept an eye on it while she started the pepper lasagnas. They start with spinach. Uh, so we could preheat the oven to 400. We're gonna wilt the spinach. And we're gonna warm the pan. And uh, butter. Melt a little bit of butter. Put in all this baby spinach. And you can use regular sort of leaf spinach or the baby spinach because we're cooking it. I mean, there's a kind of a hard and fast kitchen rule that if you're uh, cooking your spinach, you can use, you know, the stuff with the stems and um, the more mature spinach. And then if you're eating it raw like in a salad, go for the baby spinach. But uh, I like to break the rules, so we're using baby spinach today. <laughs> the spinach is beautiful. It's going to cook all the way down, and I, I like to season my spinach right when it gets in the pan just so I don't forget, you know? Anytime you're working with a fresh vegetable, you gotta add salt. Like, if I'm making zucchini bread, I will add just a, a little bit more salt because those vegetables are, it really brings out their flavor. So pumpkin bread, zucchini bread, spinach and your lasagna, don't forget to season it. So how much spinach is that? This is, uh, it's a good handful, it's about three ounces, but uh, you know, I kind of eyeball it. Two big handfuls of spinach, I guess. It cooks down so much, right? So, And it's going to get chopped up very fine, and it's going to get mixed in with our ricotta, which is just starting to do a few bubbles around the edge. It doesn't look like it's doing anything, but there's, there's magic happening in that pot. So, usually I like to put this in a paper towel and that sort of absorbs all that liquid because we don't want it too watery when we mix it into the ricotta. Okay, so our spinach is wilted down. It's a nice vibrant green. And I know it doesn't look like much, but we don't really need a lot. 
and it's gonna drain a little bit and then we'll pat it dry and chop it fine. And you could also use frozen spinach. I mean, um, you know, if that's all you've got in your freezer, frozen spinach is actually a great product. I mean, it's picked in its prime, it's flash frozen, and just make sure to, if you're thawing this frozen spinach, just make sure to um, squeeze out a lot of the excess liquid. Great. So I'm gonna chop this up very fine. And uh, soon we're gonna have fresh ricotta. We're doing great. We'll have some steam coming, rising from our from our milk mixture. Oh, see the skim? A little bit of skim on top. So we'll just keep an eye on it. You don't need to stir it or anything. Just watch it. Just watch it happen. Where do you find inspiration? I draw a lot from my upbringing. Um, my mom still inspires me. She's so funny. She doesn't, um, she still lives very much off grid. And uh, so she sends me these handwritten recipes that she's worked on and it's like, I don't know, spelt lasagna noodles or something like that. So I treasure those. And um, just out my back door, I do have a kind of an urban homestead outside of Laval. So um, my neighbor gave me a bunch of raspberry canes and so voila, now we have a raspberry patch and um, I uh, grow a huge herb garden and it's it's always changing and evolving. You know, one day I'll have, uh, I don't know, fresh bor like borage flowers or, I'll, or, or all of a sudden the basil will have grown, you know, a foot and I'll be like, oh man, I gotta do something with this. Take me back to your childhood kitchen in the Yukon. What was that like? The kitchen is the part that I remember the most. I, I guess I must have really hung out in there a lot. I remember the blue tile floor. Um, there were windows that sort of pushed open and you could look out onto the lake and the breeze would come in. And it was just our happy place, you know. Um, we had a big sort of farmhouse table and, you know, we always started our day together and we finished our day together there. And um, my mom, you know, she kind of, was I'd say she was about 30 years ahead of sort of the whole real Whole Foods movement and and uh, we would be baking bread and we would have bread rising and you know she made ricotta and we had uh, goats and chickens and rabbits so we grew a lot of our own food so uh, it does sound very uh, little house on the prairie but every Yukoner pretty much every Yukoner lived like this and you know up in the up in the Yukon territory so for us it was it was just life it wasn't uh, you know I didn't necessarily think it was anything special at the time but it has certainly shaped you know my my cooking philosophy the way I'm raising my kids stem from those days okay so things are really starting to happen here we're just below boiling and all of a sudden we've got these it almost looks like when you poach an egg and the egg whites coagulate that's what that's we're true. seeing yeah, here. That's exactly right. But we ha we're not really seeing the whey yet, so it, the it's still still so milky white. But when this is finished, we'll just have lots and lots of those white coagulated bits, which is our ricotta, and then the rest will be sort of like a uh, like a really almost like skim milk, you know. So it's looking good, and you don't want to rush this because it's gonna it could burn on the bottom. Although this is a nice, uh, a nice sturdy pot, you really don't want to use a cheap pot to make this because um, if it burns on the bottom, it's never going to lose that taste. 
know, this looks beautiful. Now, depending on, I'm gonna give another tip. <clears throat> depending on what you're doing with your ricotta, um, you need to think about that right before you drain your ricotta. Because if you drain it just to, you know, if you drain it, partially drain it, it's gonna keep some of that whey in there, and then it's, you have more of a spreadable ricotta, okay? So you don't, you're not completely draining it. But if you want more of like a crumbly ricotta, you're gonna drain it quite a bit, and you could even sort of gather up your cheesecloth and lightly, lightly press it or even hang it for like, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Then you're gonna, then all the whey is really gonna leave and you're gonna have more of a crumbly ricotta, which is sometimes nice, you know, if you're finishing it on top of, uh, I don't know, roasted vegetables or uh, even just another pasta dish. So depending on what you're doing with it, think about that, you know, before you start. And what do you suggest for the pepper lasagna? For the lasagna we're making, you kinda want a spreadable um, ricotta. You want something that uh, you can sort of combine with our wilted spinach so we're not going to drain it very much i think like a couple of minutes all right so <clears throat> we've got a lot of these curds they all rise to the top and now what used to be our sort of milk it now looks very much like skim milk and i think we can drain i don't think it's gonna do much more than this so we're gonna turn off the pot it's not hot and i'm gonna move it over to our strainer and the magic has happened. Pour it in. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'll lift this up. And there is our whey draining out. You can freeze it for about up to six months. Do not waste it. <laughs> okay, so this is the perfect consistency. And uh, what we can do is transfer this to a bowl mm. and then uh, we need three quarters of a cup and then we're gonna mix that with our spinach. Anytime I can work vegetables into a main dish, I'm gonna go for it. I find just having cooked vegetables on hand uh, is a huge key because, you know, vegetables take time to cook. So often if I'm turning the oven on to I don't know, bake a lasagna, I will also roast off a couple sweet potatoes and maybe I'll have those in a smoothie or for breakfast or, um, you know, in a wrap later for lunch and uh, include more in my diet. So we're gonna season this with salt and pepper. I kind of just do it to taste. Our ricotta and spinach mixture is ready. So we're going to take these beautiful bell peppers and slice them just in half, kind of top to bottom. And we're just going to use a little paring knife and to scoop out um, the filling. So you want to hollow them out. I like to leave the stem on. I like how it looks after it cooks, but basically we're making a space to, to layer a lasagna. Layer a little mini baby lasagna in there. And if you're uh, shopping for peppers for this recipe, I try to consciously it's not really not a big deal, but I like to buy ones with the four lobes at the bottom because when you cut them in half, like see how they sit? It sits very nicely. It sits very flat, but obviously anything, anything will work. But if you like to obsess a little bit about food and vegetables and shapes, then you will appreciate that tip. Now what I have, I'm also, uh, gonna give a do-ahead tip because I know everyone is busy 
And even sometimes on, on su Sunday suppers, you know, I like to prep some of it on Saturday. That way I can really just relax on Sunday morning. We like to do a Sunday hike. And then, um, but you know, we still like to sit down and have dinner too. So how do you do it all? Well, you plan ahead and you can actually assemble these start to finish without baking them and then just store them in the fridge for up to 24 hours. Then come home or, you know, pop into your kitchen, turn on the oven, just slide the pan into the oven and voila, in about 45 minutes, you have lasagna stuffed sweet peppers. Now our other ingredients that are going in is a tomato sauce and uh, you can use, you know, homemade. I often just use a, something from a jar, you know, and we have our ricotta and then we have some lasagna sheets. Uh, we're gonna grate some mozzarella. Now's my chance to talk about getting kids in the kitchen because grating cheese is kind of a gateway step for getting kids involved. The number one tip is making them feel welcome. If the kids feel comfortable, yeah. then they're gonna join you on their own. And if they feel comfortable and, and you know, not like they're in the way or they're gonna screw up, or they're gonna make a mess. If they feel comfortable, that's all that matters. I'm just opening up our lasagna sheets. So we have um, raw, uh, beautiful lasagna sheets that we're sort of gonna trim down into about one and a half inch squares because you want them to sort of nestle into your, your sweet peppers. So we just kind of cut them down into little cubes. We have our grated cheese. I just popped the top off the tomato sauce and we are finally getting ready to layer, layer our lasagna. And I find kids really, you know, they, they all come into the kitchen on their own terms and, and uh, it's not that they have a style, but they all have a different approach. And, um, you know, my eldest, he likes to, he's very, he's more methodical and he likes to think about a recipe and he likes to gather his ingredients and whereas my my middle child will kind of come sailing into the kitchen and be like, can I do that? And he's just, he just wants to jump in, right? And then, you know, it might only last a minute or five minutes and then he's, he's off, he's gone. But you know what? He's popped in, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's showed some interest and I'm happy with that. And then my daughter just, she likes to really see something through and she likes to do exactly what I'm doing. So if I'm rolling pie crust, she's rolling pie crust and, you know, so they all have a different approach and, and I mean, you know, don't sweat it if kids aren't even interested in cooking at all either. All right, so now comes uh, the fun part. If you like to play with your food. Actually, I'm just gonna season these bare naked bell peppers because everything's better with generous seasoning of salt. I always say that mediocre food, all it needs is salt, so okay. So about a tablespoon of sauce goes in the bottom, tomato sauce goes in the bottom of each pepper, times eight. And then we're gonna take our little cut up lasagna sheets and we're gonna press it all the way to the bottom. And you have to, it's not gonna be a perfect fit, just kind of jam it in there, because trust me, when it all bakes down, you don't really notice a difference. And if your sheet is too big or a little too small, just kind of fold it up. and. Make it fit in there. And then we take our beautiful spinach ricotta mixture and I think we're putting about a teaspoon and a half or two teaspoons and it's not really scientific. It's just 
you just eyeball it. So you kind of just press it into the bottom and we're going to sprinkle a little bit of mozzarella on top just so that when you cut into it with a fork you get that really comforting cheese pull. Alright, and uh, put a little more tomato sauce on top. About another you know, teaspoon, tablespoon of tomato sauce on top, and then we're going to repeat. So another layer of spinach, oh no, sorry, another layer of lasagna noodles, the last of the spinach, and then of course it gets finished with a good generous pinch of mozzarella. So, and it makes a beautiful presentation as well, especially if you just finish it with a little bit of olive oil or um, fresh basil. Mm. And uh, I like to serve this with, again, more vegetables, a nice, well, whatever you would serve with lasagna. So maybe like a nice um, green salad. I have a fantastic Caesar salad in my book. It's a restaurant recipe that I've adapted for home. And, uh, you know, crusty baguette. And uh, everyone is happy. Bottle of red or a bottle of white or both. The last restaurant M.A. worked in was Toke, one of the best restaurants in Montreal. It's a different kind of workload to go from chef in a restaurant to mom of three and full-time food blogger. And I wondered if M.A. ever missed the restaurant life. I miss the ingredients. Um, I don't miss the drama or the stress or the hours or anything like that, but oh man, I really miss some of the ingredients because I, you know, when I left the restaurant industry, I was working one of the finest restaurants in the city, and you know, we had a mushroom guy and we had a forager, and you know, ugh, we just had the most exquisite seafood, and you know, I was just so fortunate I got to play with that every day. So <laughs> I do miss that aspect of it, but that's about it. So these are going to go into the oven for 35-40 minutes. Really want those peppers to roast, to roast and soften, and everything more or less is uh, going to melt, get all delicious. And you can pour yourself a glass of wine. I love hearing about people's favorite eating experiences. They don't have to be fancy, they just have to be meaningful. For me, one of my most memorable was years ago in Ann Arbor, Michigan. A friend was house-sitting and a bunch of us went over there late one night and the cupboards looked totally bare. But one of his friends was a chef. He's the chef at Monsieur Benjamin in San Francisco now. And he looked things over and managed to pull together some canned tomatoes and sardines and pickles and some other random things that he made into a simple but totally delicious spread. And it seemed kind of magical to me then, that ingredients that looked forlorn and hopeless could be turned into something extraordinary. It revealed more to me about how a chef thinks than any other experience I'd had. I asked Emma about her favorite eating experiences, and she talked about fishing with her kids and cooking the trout over an open fire, and she also mentioned this. Yes, was... Um kind of a bucket list, the River Cafe in London. Um, I've, I actually learned to cook Italian from their, their cookbooks, and which are phenomenal. And, um, and they're such timeless cookbooks too. So when 
my husband and I had a 15 year anniversary last May and we, we went to London for a few days and got, we're lucky enough to get a reservation there on our anniversary and it was just, um, it was wildly romantic. <laughs> it was, a uh, we had a pat, we had a table outside and they have this beautiful garden terrace area and we had no place to be. We had no kids, which as you know, any meal, uh, where it's just the two of you and you can have a conversation is is phenomenal. I remember ricotta and I remember even just the breads and the olive oil that they brought out was exquisite, of course. Um, and then fresh pastas, cured meats, and just every bite was just very well thought of and it's not complicated food, right? It's it's just, again, it, it's, it comes down to the ingredients. I think I, I, I inspired like six or seven different dishes in my kitchen because uh, sometimes just revisiting those they're I mean, they're classics for a reason, you know, uh, just a, a simple handmade pasta with good olive oil and cracked pepper, and it's incredible. In the summer, Sunday night dinner is something cooked on the barbecue at M.A.'s house. In the winter, it's often a traditional roast. No matter what she cooks, though, the main thing for her is that it's shared. That memory of her family eating a Sunday feast at their friend's house has stayed with her and it's made her want to offer that same hospitality. What was impressed upon me, you know, I just I just wanted to reciprocate that around my table. And so a couple years ago, actually I started a series on my blog called Bringing Back Sunday Dinner, um, where I just encourage people to, you know, to open their home, to open their table, to not worry so much about what's on the table, rather, but more focus on bringing the act of gathering because, um, I don't know, we're so busy and I think people are, they feel pressured maybe to live up to magazine standards or, or you know, the Instagram, you know, style role model. And, and so they're just doing it less, maybe because they're intimidated, also because we're so busy. But um, it's, it's really important, especially for families, I think, with young, with young kids to, um, to bring people together, to share those moments. And, you know, when have you ever had people over and really regretted it and been like, oh, I wish we had never done this. No, at the end of the night, I don't know about, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, glowing. I'm like, maybe I'm exhausted, but I'm like, that was so fun. We should do this more often. We haven't, you know, it was so great to catch up. I'm, that's all I'm thinking about. It's all about the people, the relationships. And I'm, I'm, I like, I actually love doing the dishes afterward. I just sort of run through the conversation and, you know, finishing the bottle of wine. And like, that is the best. So these look, like they're done, our cheese is melted, it's nice and golden brown. And you see how these peppers are sort of, they're sort of roasted, they're getting some color around the edges, but they're still gonna have a little, you know, a little uh, texture and crunch to them as well. Cheese is melted, they're bubbling, and uh, they're a million degrees right now, so you gotta let them cool before you serve them. But uh, I think uh, Sunday supper is ready. Huge thanks to M.A. Wimbush Bork, chef, author of two cookbooks. The latest is called The Simple Bites Kitchen, and her first is Brown Eggs and Jam Jars, both of which I highly recommend. They're beautiful, but more importantly, they're practical and totally inspiring. She's also the creator of The Simple Bites blog, which you can find at simplebites.net. Check out our Instagram feed for a chance to win a copy of M.A.'s latest book, we're at Podcast Sunday Night Dinner. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. 
We've got some fabulous shows coming up. Before the end of the year, you'll be able to make Christmas cake with Chef Jamie Kennedy. You can make Jan Arden's chicken soup with the founder of the incredible nonprofit Soup Sisters, Sharon Hapton. And you can make comforting, perfect for winter shepherd's pie with the creators of the Sweet Potato Chronicles, Laura and Carrie. They're hilarious and they will make your weeks much easier with their book, The School Year Survival Cookbook. Sunday Night Dinner is produced by Suzanne Hancock. Music by the always awesome J.J. Ibsen. Thanks as well to Nicole Wynn-Stanley, Colin McAdam, and Trish Bennett.